Welcome back, guys. This is the part two of our Salmon River trip. So, uh, as I was informed, because I talked before I think, the last episode was 11, um, because we threw in the steelhead talk that I did in the shop a little while ago. So this is episode 12. So if you stuck with us this long, we're kind of asking why. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed this. Um, we've got uh, the second half of talking about our Salmon River trip coming up now. Before we go through, make sure that you subscribe to any of the channels that you love listening to podcasts to. So we've got Apple, Google, Podbean, and then everything's uh, usually linked through our social media accounts. And then we actually do... Uh, just the audio part on our YouTube channel. So you can subscribe to that too. And we'll work on getting some other videos out on that too. So we're going to pick back up where we left off on the Salmon River trip. So we're down at the bottom of uh, the section here looking for some more fresh fish. Um, and there was a section where there was a huge pot, huge pot of uh, king salmon that I could see. A uh, couple steelhead, couple coho in the mix. Um, we had caught maybe or seen one or two brown trout in the area. Um, and I'm sitting there and I look at the top end of the run and, uh, and as you as I said before, this is a smaller group. We only have about six people, including myself on this trip. So, uh, I had another guy there that was helping out. Shout out to Jason over in Reno. So Jason is kind of our West coast ambassador right in Reno. He hosts our pyramid lake trip. And then he's also out there trying to get some brand recognition for us. Um, out in the West Coast side, getting us into fly shops, introducing people to our brand. Um, so this is the second year that Jason visited us. And um, so this was day two. He flew in. He was a day late for our first trip, but uh, ended up just coming early for the second trip because of where his flight was. And uh, we won't talk about how bad uh, his flight's inf uh, stuff was because he got his flight canceled about 12 hours before the trip. But anyway, so I'm sitting there looking at this fish in the top end of the run, um, just looks like a typical king salmon sitting there. So sitting in a little bit of fast water. Um, a lot of times these fish, uh, the kings, I love fishing egg sucking leeches. I think they love the, the egg portion of that and the leech portion of that. Um, you know, they want to protect after they're spawning. So if leeches are coming in, they're actually, uh, eating them to protect their young. Um, but I think they're also very territorial. So if there's another salmon that's um, that's laying eggs, they're going to be eating those as well. So egg patterns can work really, really well. Um, so I had an egg pattern on here, looking at this fish in a faster part of a run, sight fishing it, cast in, first drift through, boom, hits it. I get like one quick head shake and snaps me off. I think I was using 10 pound tests at this point. So I was like, oh man, I got to get this fish back. So there's a big pot of other fish down there. Um, so I go, take a couple steps back to kind of get out of eyesight, tie the exact same fly back on, check my knot, make sure I'm good. Uh, a lot of times you snap off just because the fish are big. Um, there's a lot of rocks there that are, are tearing off, and then these fish have teeth too. So if you're catching a fish or two, make sure that you check your leader because uh, those teeth uh, can definitely snap the line there. So step back into the exact same spot. And looking back on it, it was either the first or the second drift the second time through. Uh, hook this fish. And I've got another guy uh, fishing close to me, so we've got a net by us. Um, I fight this fish for maybe about 30 seconds or so. He comes around with the net. Um, takes us another maybe minute or so uh, to get it closer than that. 
And the guy goes, this fish looks different. It's kind of like a reddish brown. And I'm thinking to myself, I already knew what it was. But if this fish gets off as it already did once, it was definitely going to be a king salmon, you know, if it, if it was lost. But I knew what it was before it got into the net. Um, but I didn't want to disappoint myself. So the story goes that uh, there are some big brown trout that come into this river. I've been up here for 12 years. And last year, last fall, was the first year I ever caught one. Mine wasn't huge by the standards of a tributary run uh, Great Lakes fish. Um, I think it was like 22 inches, maybe a two, two and a half pound brown. Nothing huge. Um, we had one guy in our group last year, which was awesome. It was on his birthday, the last fish of the day. Um, we hooked one probably, I don't know if we got a measurement on it, probably 27 inches, pushing 10 pounds, 11 pounds easily. Um, so we caught more brown trout last year than I ever had in um, and when we look at this year, uh, last week that we went out probably two weeks ago, by the time this is posted, uh, we caught more brown trout by a large stretch than we'd ever done before. So back to the story, looking and at this fish as I'm fighting it. And all I see is this big hump on the back. And I was like, I know exactly what this is, but we got to get this fish in the net. So we put him in the net. The guy looks down on it. He goes, what is that? I said, that's a big brown trout. He goes, you're kidding me, right? I said, no, that's a big brown trout. So we get him out, pull him out of the net, and this thing has such big shoulders that it looks like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, it's just uh, just a massive, massive fish. Um, when I look at what the water temps were as we were in the low 60s, um, what the air temps were, uh, pulled him out of the net, snapped a couple quick pictures, kept him in the water just to kind of revive him, and we got a couple pictures there. Um, and I wanted a quick release on this. Um, so people were like, why didn't you measure it? Why didn't you do that? Well, we tried to do some reference measuring on this fish later. Um, we've got, depending on that, and I'll probably do it a little bit more now that I'm back here and can put it on a computer screen rather than a phone, anywhere from a 29 to a 31 inch brown trout. My guess on weight, um, when you look at this fish, if you haven't seen it already, has got to be pushing 15, 16 pounds, just an absolutely stud of a brown trout. Um, when you're looking at, uh, something that you're after in, in the United States, um, this is, this is a fish that, uh, the dreams are made of that you seek after for years and years and years and, and finally get it and, uh, take a couple pictures and release the fish back for someone else to catch and just in awe of, uh, of what just happened. So, uh, we kind of knew this was a little bit of a, uh, premonition of what's going to happen the rest of the week too. So I think this was day two. Um, that I caught this fish. So if you're on any of our social media pages, be sure to pull this fish up. Um, it's, I know it's made its circulations. Uh, I'm laughing because I was in a, you know, we, we got poured on on Saturday or last day there. So we kind of left early, walked into a bar. Guys like, I got a round of beers on us. I was like, okay, I'll come in and have a beer. And all of a sudden, uh, about 10 minutes after we show up there, the waitress comes up and pours four shots for us. And the guy's like, what's this from? Guy on the other end of the bar goes, that's for the brown trout. So uh, it's just funny that there was a reputation already of how big this fish was. Um, we caught a handful of fish in like the uh, 25 to 28 inch class uh, that were by all means great, great brown trout. But this one just um, dwarfed them all when you put them side by side on how big it was and how much, how much meat it had on the body when you looked at the shoulders that were on this thing. So, uh, so for me, when I look back on the trip, uh, I caught very few fish, uh, mainly because I was sitting on the bank, tying knots, getting the net ready, 
um, you know, making sure people were taken care of, taking pictures. Uh, so when when we had our second group come in, uh, there were ten, I think, ten people, including myself, in that one. So I had a lot of people to take care of, and I got my fishing in while they were eating lunch, and when you know other people didn't need help. So giving casting lessons, teaching people to water haul, tying knots, giving people flies that they needed because they ran out of it. Um, so I was kind of running around. I still had a rod to fish here and there, but uh, was you know playing, being a good host and taking care of people. Um, but when I look back on this brown trout, uh, it was just that much more amazing because um, I only caught, I think, four or five fish the whole time I was there. Um, where I remember in years past where I went not through the business and, you know, it wasn't unusual to catch 15 in a day um, if you've had a really good day of fishing. So I look back on it and kind of incredible for the, the little amount of fishing that I did in this whole trip and how big of the fish I caught. Um, I laughed. There was another guy who caught a pretty big king salmon. Um, I think I caught mine on day one um, at 39 and a half inches. Might have been day two or three. I don't really remember. Um, but uh, I joked with him that mine was 39 and a half and his was uh, 39 and three eighths. Uh, so we kind of had that joke going the whole week. Um, but you hit 40 inches. I haven't hit 40 inches yet. Like I said, I just missed it by half an inch. Um, this king that I, I uh, fought, there are kings that just kind of bulldog you at the bottom of the, the run. And, uh, you know, you just kind of got to horse them in and it takes a little while. This one, my arm was absolutely pumped out by the time I was done. Easily a 15 to 20 minute fight um, before we got him in the net. And uh, I was kind of done fishing for the next half an hour just because my arm needed to rest. Um, and when you fight these fish and you get into a big king like that, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I was actually using both arms to kind of pump the rod to get some line back off of them and uh, just exhausted after that. So uh, it's funny. Every year I go on this trip and I, on my drive home, I'm like, I'm going to start lifting some more weights before I go next year. And I don't, but, um, you know, it, it's it's a good thought to try to be prepared for how big these fish are and how, how long it takes to get some of these heavier and bigger fish in. Um, so, yeah, we got through there. We started to see some steelhead come through. We saw some pods of coho come through, which are always a lot of fun. Um, that first group left and the second group showed up on Wednesday night. And, uh, and it was nice for them because I had already done kind of my reconnaissance with the first group. I'm like, okay, I know where these fish are holding. I know where the guides are. The guides are usually just running like a six hour day typically. So if they were in at six, they were out at 12, one o'clock. Um, so we'd go in there where there might've been 12 to 15 people over a hundred yard stretch and they all kind of leave right around lunchtime. Um, so we were able to kind of go in there with this bigger group and spread out and have a couple holes even downstream of there um, that we weren't seeing any guides with clients um, and really get into a good amount of fish and a good mixed bag too. Uh, so we started to see some more steelhead come in. So we were seeing some high 20 inch steelhead uh, in there. Um, I didn't get a measurement on the one that I had sight fished earlier in the week. It was actually the same day as the brown um, that I sight fished a steelhead. I would guess in the like 27, 28 inch class. Um, the steelhead I like Ontario, you know, I'm, I'm here in Pennsylvania, so we fish Lake Erie all the time. And uh, your typical Erie steelhead's like 22 to 28 inches, maybe four to eight pounds. Um, these Lake Ontario steelhead are just bigger and meaner and they jump more and they pull more drag off of you. I've definitely had a fair share of steelhead over the years in like the 34, 35 inch class. Um, where you hit 30 inches in Lake Erie and you're doing pretty good. There's definitely a couple bigger than that. 
Um, but Lake Ontario just, just churns out big, mean steelhead. Um, so I always look for those. So, uh, uh, found one, I think it was the last day we were fishing, um, that was sitting in a side channel behind about 30 salmon. Um, he was all beat up. It was funny. It looked like, uh, he was just trying to pick off all these eggs that the salmon are laying and the salmon were kind of nipping at his tail. So his tail was beat up. His adipose fin was beat up. Um, but it looked like he was, uh, getting his fair share of eggs. Um, so I was standing back and throwing an unweighted rig and trying to get him and he just never took, you know, change flies a few times, but it's kind of the fun thing about having salmon in the mix too, is, uh, you get these fish that are coming in early. I mean, they're in as early as, uh, late August, early September, some years, depending on water temperatures. And, uh, and then you get the steelhead that come in and they see these, these big bruising salmon that are full of eggs. Um, and it's just a meal ticket for them. So if you can find a, a paired up set of salmon, a lot of times you can find either competing salmon behind them or what I like is the steelhead and the browns are behind them. And you can, you can throw a lot of egg patterns through there and really pick up, uh, some trout through there in, uh, in some fun conditions. So that's what I was looking for. Didn't seal the deal on that fish. Um, but that was kind of later in the afternoon on our Friday, um, when we still had good weather. Um, but I go through and I look at this group of people I've had. So Jason out of Reno came back. This was his second year. And they had two local people, shout out to David and Sean, um, that this was their second year in a row with me coming on this trip. They both also did Montana with me. So uh, they must like me. Who knows why? Uh, to be able to spend a couple trips a year with me. But uh, David was the guy that landed the big brown trout last year. And uh, he had a really good trip this year. Uh, Sean did as well. Um, I know Sean caught two brown trout in that like 27, 28, inch class. Um, he brought a buddy with him and caught a really nice steelhead our last good weather day on Friday. Uh, David, uh, hooked the, the four fish slam, uh, couldn't seal the deal on the coho. So we got steelhead, brown trout, and king. Um, some people say the slam on that river includes an Atlantic. Well, I've been fishing for 12 years. I've never even seen one, let alone landed one. Um, let alone had anybody in our group land one. Uh, so I usually count the four fish lamb as king, coho, steelhead, and brown trout. And David came pretty darn close to getting it, but uh, just couldn't couldn't get those cohos in. At the end of the trip, he goes, that was my favorite fish, was the coho. They're a little bit bigger sometimes than the steelhead. They definitely run and put your gear to the test and you know put you into your backing at times. Uh, they're a lot of fun. And they can range in size from... You know, I've cut some small ones, three, four pounds, and I've had some bigger ones pushing 15, 18 pounds at times too. Um, so they can, they can really be an absolute blast, especially once they're fresh in from, from the river. Um, so the, with that second group, since we had so much success in that area, we went the, the first two days down there, lined up, um, kind of had everybody in, in two or three different sections there. And uh, we had constant action. I mean, constant action on a, on a run like this, um, uh, I hope nobody gets offended by this, but I always say these fish are like women. They don't know what they want to eat. And when they decide they change their minds, uh, pretty much every other hour. <laughs> so, you know, all of a sudden pink eggs are on and they're on for two hours and then that turns off. And next thing you know, they want egg sucking leeches next. And then that turns off and then they want red eggs. Um, so it's just interesting how it, it kind of changes on the run. Um, and you'll have big pushes. You'll have times where the fish decide they want to run up river, um, and you'll get a lot of action at that time. And then it'll be stagnant for a couple hours and then it'll, you know, they might make a run again. So depending on the weather, depending on the water flows, 
Uh, the Salmon River is a bottom release, so they regulate the water flow each and every day of the year. So that's nice of not having huge bumps or drops. Um, I honestly think they should do that, but that's my opinion. You know, maybe take a day or two a week and pump an extra 100 CFS through there just to get the fish running rather than having it consistent. Um, but they do a pretty good job of that. Um, once again, kind of shout out to the workers there on, on the Douglas and Salmon Run. Uh, they'll check and make sure that your leaders are up to code because there's a leader requirement there. Um, they, uh, they thought we were fishing in an area that we weren't. Um, early one morning, we uh, came down. He's like, he's like, oh, we got a call that you were fishing in the wrong area. He's like, have you been fishing in this spot the whole morning? I was like, yep. He goes, oh, yeah, you're fine. No worries whatsoever. He's like, you're the guy that caught the big brown trout, aren't you? I said, yes, yes, I am. So it was funny that even the workers there uh, had caught wind of the, the big fish that I'd caught. Um, so yeah, each and every day we kind of woke up early in the morning, fished all day long, packed a lunch, uh, left the run usually at about five, five 30. Uh, a few people stayed late because sometimes that last light, just like, uh, trout fishing, uh, those salmon decide they want to move and want to eat and grab flies. Um, that's a subject for a whole different, uh, podcast on do these salmon actually eat. I won't address it today. Just kind of talking about how fun the trip was. Um, and then, uh, and then we went home and had a great dinner. Um, our last day on Saturday, there was a big, uh, forecast for rain. Um, probably the heaviest rainstorm I've ever sat in fishing in my life. One of those rainstorms that if you're not wearing a really good rain jacket, you're soaked down to your socks. And, uh, we just kind of muscled through it. Everybody out there caught a couple fish. I mean, just pouring down rain. And when it drizzled, it was, it was good. Uh, we got some fresh push of fish in. Uh, both kings we caught i think i had hooked a steelhead or two um so those who lasted the storms um, were rewarded with a couple fish before we went home and uh and we had a great trip so i think everybody that uh, that came had uh had enjoyed themselves with a couple people that uh hooked a ton of fish and you know landed one or two or uh, i'm pretty sure um almost everybody landed a fish so we had a good year uh, but it seemed like uh, looking back on this compared to other years that the king salmon run wasn't as big as it usually is. We'd also talked to a handful of people in the area that are locals and said that the stockings um, two or three years ago had started to go down um, because they thought there were more fish reproducing. Some people think yes, some people think no. Once again, up for debate. Um, but it didn't seem like some of the holes that are usually sitting with 30, 40, 100 fish were holding that many as they used to. Uh, so it was interesting, you know, everybody comes up for the salmon fishing. I, looking back on it, I would say that we probably caught more brown trout than king salmon this year, which is highly unusual. Uh, we probably had 15 plus brown trout caught, a couple small ones, but I would say 10 to 12 of the, those fish were over 25 inches. Um, so some of the pictures that I have posted out are people's by far personal best brown trout that they caught. Uh, then some, a few big kings a few cohos, a few steelhead mixed in. So that's why I like these dates. I like the October dates because you're getting a little bit of a mixed bag. You might get more salmon in early in the season, um, but you're getting a mixed bag of a handful of different species of fish uh, once the water temps kind of cool off. So it was an unusual year for us. Uh, we saw the trout come in, but the water temps were high. Um, and like I said, I wanted to get those fish back in the water. We saw a couple floating down the river from hopefully not mishandling, but that was my guess. Is that people were, oh, we caught a steelhead. Here's 27 pictures, keeping them out of the water. 
um, throwing them back in in this high water temp and they weren't doing so well. So um, we made sure we revived all of our fish, made sure they were swimming off okay and uh, and had an absolute blast. So um, almost everybody that uh, um, that was up there caught a brown trout, I'm pretty sure. Uh, with, like I said, we might have had you know one to three in a group um, each given year for the last couple of years. So it was interesting to see that many brown trout come in. I think that excited a lot of people. Um, for me, I'm kind of mixed. Like I like fish, fighting the big fish um, and the king salmon. After a handful of them, I get tired and I'm like, I just want a, a hard fighting fish like a steelhead. Um, but it was neat to see all the brown trout in the system this year. I know Oak Orchard, which is a little bit farther west, about three hour drive, uh, is known for a lot more brown trout there. But it's interesting seeing the Salmon River have so many this year. Um, and it seems like that number is continuing to grow as, uh, as each and every year comes through with how much is in natural reproduction. And then also these fish, like I said before, they're spawning and they're not dying off like the salmon do. So if they don't get roped, a lot of them are going back to the river, getting even bigger or going back to through the river into Lake Ontario, getting bigger out there and then coming back the following year to do the same thing. Um, so I think that, uh, if things continue to go this well, we might have a really, really fantastic, uh, brown trout fishery here in the Salmon River if this continues. So we hope uh, you guys have enjoyed this podcast. So a little bit different from the instructional ones. We hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, just talking about the trip. Uh, we are, are already going to have the post up on our website. So if you want to join us for next year, the earlier the better so that we can make sure we reserve your, uh, you a spot and then also get the passes that we need to to fish the Douglas and Salmon Run section. Um, so we've had people, uh, already ready to book, uh, for next year. So I would say at least half of the people that came this year are already ready to go next year. So we still do have some open spots. We would love for you guys to join us. If you have any questions on that, you can just email me directly at ryan at risenfly.com. Be more than happy to give you, um, details on the trip, uh, directions of where we're going, gear that we use and put you on the list to make sure that you're joining us for next year. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, you can check out all of our gear on www.risenfly.com. Uh, we not only have things like we talked about last time with our target species kits, we also have fly selections. If you check them out, we've got things like a salmon and steelhead kit. We've got, uh, nymph, uh, nymph flies, um, dry flies. So most of those you get a box with like four dozen flies in them. Um, so we custom build those for what you're targeting too. And then you can also pick out your own individual flies. We start at 99 cents for our flies. Then you get a little bit of a discount getting down to those ones that are 99 cents down to $5.50 if you pick the half dozen option there. So you get half dozen of the same size of the same fly. So check those out. Uh, we've got a ton of flies in stock right now. I know I've got about 65,000 flies on the way in the next month or so. And then I'm probably going to do another order for about another 50,000 by the end of the year. Um, so we've got a lot of flies in stock and a lot coming, um, and at great prices too. And, uh, over the years, uh, we get very few, if any complaints on our flies. So I was just talking to somebody in the shop earlier today that like, Oh, I buy flies from XYZ site and they just fall apart after, you know, two or three fish and ours, um, we hardly ever get that complaint. Our hooks are sharp. Our hooks are strong. We're putting good materials on. We've got a great group of tires that ties for us. Um, that are putting high quality flies out for us. So if you're looking for some good flies at not high prices or started at 99 cents, go ahead and check them out on the website at www.risenfly.com. Thank you guys again. We will see you next week. Have a great day. <music>